Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Daniel Mangana and David Strickle, the Stream of David. Today is Tuesday, August the 18th, 2020. It's 4 p.m. New York time. Wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And I'm happy to have you back, David and Daniel, in the same place at the same time talking about the uh, Law of Attraction stuff. <laughs> I love that look on David. I was say, probably not the same stuff. We've been getting really good questions up here, so. We do get good questions, although I have to admit this time we're, we're a little bit shy on questions from the audience. But on the other hand, I, I got a lot of questions. So I think we're going to have plenty to talk about. Let's put it that way. It's going to be good. good. But uh, what's happening in your neck of the woods? Anything new and exciting happening? Uh, with me, we uh, we have launched our Taya community. So somebody was just asking me about this on Facebook. So what happens after you go through my boot camp and you graduate Taya boot camp? Right. Is there aftercare? And aftercare, I love it. <laughs> I thought aftercare. I haven't really thought about it as aftercare because the whole point of, of Taya boot camp is that you get in and you learn the tools to create your reality in your favor intentionally for the rest of your life. So I never thought about it in terms of aftercare because I think I'm giving you the tools where you don't need aftercare, mm. but we do have base camp. And so we have base camp and we've had mastery for quite some time. Matt, our, uh, our mutual friend, Dan is, is one of my Thai mastery people. And uh, we always joke that the, the secret to mastery is that we're never going to master it. <laughs> <laughs> so we call it, I call them Thai masters, but they don't even like that because they realize that this, this awakening thing is a life lifetime thing, you know, and we just keep Life-long going practice levels and new layers and, and all that. And that's the fun of it. But mm-hmm. so we've created Thai community for graduates who want to continue in a learning environment because we're all different. And what I am one of those, I want to dive in, I'm type A, I want to learn it all and I want to be done and I want to move on, right? Not everybody's like that. A lot of people want an ongoing learning environment. They love being in a learning environment where there's new things being taught all the time, which is not quite the same as mastery. So we've created that. So now if you're a real self-driven, self-directed person and you graduate from my boot camp to go to base camp, if you really want to go to the, the highest level of the practice, you go to mastery. And if you were somewhere between those two things and you want to just continue a learning environment, you've got community. So with two and a half years of experience and dozens of graduates, now I feel really good that we have all of those bases covered for people that are going through the, the boot camp program and, and learning Thai practice. So that's what's new with me. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Although I have a question for you. I mean, from what I understand about what source energy has had to teach us as humans, um, all of us, we are in one sense, we're already masters. We've been masters for millennia for yeah. you know, generation after generation after generation. Some of us coming back to live here. I heard one psychic say, I personally have had over 1300 lifetimes. I remember none of them, but, uh, you know, apparently I'm pretty good at this thing. I just didn't know it. Yeah, so, well, maybe the, the we are says that we, we are infinite beings living in, in infinite realities or existing or experiencing infinite realities simultaneously, and it's infinite. As mm-hmm. in, we start out as a, as a strand of consciousness that is something less than our science has even discovered yet, mm-hmm. that is a building block of, that, that combines with other consciousness and creates a more sophisticated building block. You go all the way from that to... On planet Earth, we are the most sophisticated beings that we're aware of. They've said mm-hmm. that before. On planet Earth, and that that's a highly evolved existence, and all of those other existences are happening 
in the quantum field simultaneously. And then there are, of course, more sophisticated things than this, believe it or not. <laughs> there are environments that are more sophisticated. It's funny because when people think about, you know, other worlds in science fiction, they're always more sophisticated than we are, right? Yeah, right. They're always coming here to the, to the, to the you know, dumb earthlings and uh, teaching us a thing or two or abducting us or whatever. And what I've gotten from the stream, they don't get too deep into showing me that other stuff because they really get into that. That's beyond your comprehension because it's so vast and so varied that there's just no place to stop and start with all of that because it's, it's, it's far more complex than we believe. And when we start trying to quantify anything, including how many lifetimes we've lived in human terms, we are really comprehending the energetic realm as best we can as human beings. Mm -hmm. So I have had things in the past that I was very sure about, uh, you know, the, how many entities comprise the stream and things like that. And then I find out as, as this, these teachings evolve that we can't really compare the energetic realm to our physical reality at all. There's no linear time. There's no quantity. There's none of that stuff. So to say I've lived X number of lifetimes, that's a comprehension that we're having that, that we can sort of wrap our head around but it doesn't begin to describe our eternal nature. To me, I, you just made the argument beautifully for the fact that we're masters. I mean, that's yeah. the, if we yeah, are, you know the what the Taya practice is. The Taya practice isn't learning how to be a spiritual being in a human body. The Taya practice is more than not unlearning all of the crap that we're taught in humanity. Yeah. It separates us from what we already come equipped with. That's exactly what Taya is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, Daniel has already figured all this stuff out. He's way ahead of us. So, you know, we go to him whenever we need to get this stuff figured out from a more uh, quantum I don't think so. point of view. <laughs> no. I don't think so. At all. At all. Well, you know, I, I, with the stream and the teachings and, and it's advanced so much since 2017 when I started sharing it with the world, because there is a big difference between me channeling information based on topics that I wanted to channel on in my podcast, sitting alone in my living room, which is what I did in the beginning sure. to interacting with other people such as yourselves and getting this new information that evolves and evolves and evolves. And uh, the pandemic was a big turning point mm. where Matt, our mutual friend said to the stream, you've been plotting your way up to this until now. Well, their, their whole message really turned up in volume at the beginning of the pandemic, which really has nothing to do with the pandemic. The pandemic is just a byproduct of the, the, the raise in vibration that we're experiencing on planet earth. And all these other things that are bubbling up now are just results of that. But their message really took off in a new direction and has gotten very deep since then. And it's, it's really become much more of an awakening message rather than just an abundance message. And so now we're, you know, our little tagline now is awakening to abundance because the, the, the stream is not so into guiding us to a spiritual awakening that they are trying to guide us away from our 3D reality of wanting to live in abundance. And that means not just money and material things, of course, but health and happiness and mm -hmm. great experiences and all of that. That's, that's abundance. Mm -hmm. So yes, have your awakening, but you're not supposed to, we're not supposed to be sequestering ourselves and, and being these spiritual beings and human bodies meditating all day long and just being alone in meditation we're here to experience life the ups and downs and, and and triumphs and and all of it so have your awakening get your enlightening get these tools to zoom out to the highest perspective to make sense of life 
and then go back and enjoy being a human. Mm. Yeah, that makes While we're here, which is very brief. So, which is, and that's pretty much in alignment with what Daniel, you've been doing with the various, uh, workshops you do in your books and all that kind of stuff. You're basically trying to do the same thing. You're trying to help people not just learn this stuff, but go do something with it. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons why I think I resonated so strongly with David's work and the work he's doing with the stream is that practical aspect of it versus let's align and go and drink plants and <laughs> sit in a cave in Bali and do breath work all day, which is great. Granted, but if you come to the fairground and leave at the end and haven't been on any of the rides, you're just going to have to keep coming back. So people who profess to be so obsessed with expansion and enlightenment and moving to the next level, but don't do anything to actually get to the next level as in go through the current level. I personally find it a little bit funny, but I know people are sensitive to that. So I still laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I know you're sensitive about this, so I'm still going to laugh at you about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I agree completely. You know, abundance isn't just money. Money is just a medium of exchange through which we can experience a deeper variety of abundance. That's it. This is true. This is very true. Although it is a good place to start. I mean, that's what the whole money game thing was about. And uh, by the way, I wanted to let you know, I had had at least a half dozen listeners contact me saying, yes, I've joined on to uh, doing step by step of the money game. So I just wanted to throw that up there and say, congratulations, guys. Keep it, keep it going. Tell us what happens. I'll I'll tell you that uh, for myself, I'm actually keeping a little bit of a journal as I'm doing this, describing my moment to moment when I actually sit down to, to do stuff with it. And, uh, it's it's kind of, it's it's one of those things I kind of have like a love hate relationship with because I've never liked journaling, but in this case I don't think of it as journaling. I think of it as like I'm I'm starting to write a little novel, and we'll mm-hmm. see how the novel turns out. So Brilliant. yeah, yeah. Do so you uh, do you do some sort of meditation before you journal? I almost said no to that until I remembered very quickly that there are so many different activities that we do that can qualify as meditation that I have to probably say, yes, yeah. I actually do. Well, because at your best, when you're journaling, it's automatic writing. You're so source connected that you're getting mm-hmm. clarity and you're up in that high vibration of clarity and what you're writing is source connected material, which is channeling. Mm-hmm. And the reason you're writing it is really so you can go back to it when your vibration inevitably lowers and remember where you were in that moment. We call this, um, we call it vibrational time stamping, where you know you're capturing a moment of high vibration so that you can return to it again in the future to reset your vibration to a higher place mm-hmm. when you're down a little bit. You know, it's just kind of a little trick that we like to teach that when you're because polarity is always going to pull your vibe down, and even when you start releasing all of the things in your lower vibrational field that sort of grab you and drag you down. Those little demons that are down there waiting for you. People like to call them that. Even, even, even though we can release all of that stuff with some work, just some forgiveness work, if nothing else, polarity is going to take your vibe down sometimes. And when you can recall a higher vibrational time or go back to your, your automatic writing, that will automatically lift your vibration. And it's, it's a very powerful tool. 
And a lot of people come into my program and they're like, I, I can't meditate. I hate meditating. I sit and cry, try to quiet my mind. I get so mad at myself. And I said, well, stop all that. You know, we don't want to do that. We're going to find your path to doing this because I have a very chattery mind myself, but I've gotten my general vibration so high that I can quit clear in seconds. Mm. And that's what we work toward because you want to quit clear throughout the day to keep your general vibration high yeah. Not sit in meditation for half an hour, an hour in the morning, and then let your day take you racing down in vibration. <laughs> yeah. The rest of the day. yeah, exactly. That's what happens. You know, I, I used to meditate in San Francisco, and I used to meditate in the morning before I left the house. I lived downtown, and then as soon as I pulled out of my parking garage into that traffic, boom, vibration down. <laughs> so I had to fix that. I had to learn how to appreciate the traffic, appreciate the drive, appreciate the long list of emails that I had, you know. Finding appreciation all day, every day raises your vibration and it makes your life so much more enjoyable. I, I'm with you totally on that. Yeah. And while I don't really do typical vibration, I have never found Lotus position, for instance, to be comfortable. <laughs> I just won't do it. But, um, my, I actually have a different experience for many people. Um, well, first about, what was it? I guess about a year and a half ago, something like that. I started doing mirror exercises, um, talking into a mirror, telling myself, I love you. I think you're wonderful. Building myself up and building up my self-esteem and so forth. Because Jack Canfield had uh, published an article in which he said he did that for 30 days and the chatter disappeared in his head. I said, ooh, I like that. Let me give it a try. And I tried it for 30 days. And you know what? The chatter disappeared in my head. It was great. But that led to a rather perplexing experience the next time I tried to meditate and has been the same thing ever since when I deliberately meditate. Cause now, because I don't have that chatter going in my head, I fall asleep. I start meditating and three minutes later, I'm ready to hit the pillow. I just, I lose yeah. consciousness. Well, I think that's the purpose. You know, I, uh, the Lotus position is a human creation, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And it's intended to keep you awake because you're yeah. having to hold that posture to stay awake and then relax. But you know, the, the, if you, if that is your vibe and you love that and you're giving that the power, then absolutely it's a very powerful position for you. Sure. I yeah. never sit like that. You know, that uh, actually hurts my back so much that it separates me a little bit. Yeah, sure. We're all different. I had my awakening sitting, I, literally I was sitting in a leather club chair with an ottoman just sitting there trying to quiet my mind. And then all of a sudden I had this explosive energy happen. I'll never forget it. And that was, you know, over 10 years ago. So, so I think that you can be anywhere. My, my tagline is, and this is true, I learned how to meditate and quiet my mind in JFK airport. Cool. I That's a good place. I fly in and out of JFK a lot. And I, Cause if, I, if you can do it there, you can do it anywhere. Yeah. I did not like JFK. I don't like the vibe there. It's just angry and, hus and hurried yeah. and, you know, just all of this going on commotion and it was a bad experience. So that's another one of those experiences that I made good sure. by learning how to stand in security and quiet my mind and do these little mini meditations and then my trip always went a lot better when I did it. But when I got to the airport and I was stressed, you know, something always went wrong. And I learned if I could clear and raise my vibe, my travel experience was always great. And I traveled all the time. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I mean, now, Daniel, are you, I, I never really asked you in depth about this. Are you a meditator in a big way? Mm -hmm. You are. Mm -hmm. But, but do you have, what, what's your experience like? I think there's different. I think meditation is a state that you can find yourself in during different practices. Mm -hmm. Hence I did um, something called ecstatic dance once when I was in Northern California, mm. I was dancing meditation and you're yeah. in a meditative state and entering into dance. 
Dr. Joe Dispenza's got the walking meditations. Um, yeah, I do that. I do, I do a lot of visualization work in a meditative state. Mm-hmm. Meditation for me is unplugging from the physical and plugging into the aspect of us that's beyond the physical, wherein which you can perhaps sit in silence and renew and revitalize. You can connect with messages from your higher self. You can go into do personal healing work. For me, it's a meditation's an interface mm. that we can use to connect to different tools and practices. Um, some of which is silence, some of which is tuning in and doing guided work in order to reprogram yourself. That's my experience personally. Okay. All right. That's good. So, well, actually I said we only had a few questions. And as I said that, um, Russ came into the live stream and posted about five more. So I think we better keep going here to, uh, speaking of meditation. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, that's exactly what it. I do when I tune into the stream as I quiet, I set an intention. I always make sure that my vibe is high when I even come on here. You know, if something yeah. if I'm stressed out about something in my business or something, which doesn't happen very often, but if it does, I know that I've got to get right with myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got to get right with the Lord before I can. <laughs> I've got to get right with myself before I can come in and, and and just allow it to flow the way that it does. Because I get quiet, it sort of emerges. I set that intention, I, and I always say I sort of shifted to a gear, right? And then they just flow. And I'm back there somewhere and I, I'm aware of it when it's happening, but after the fact, I rarely remember it. So it's an interesting, it, it's, it's hard to describe. I guess I just did it as best I could. Yeah. Well, you, you described it a few times and, and pretty much the same way each time. And I, I can't imagine doing what you do, to be honest. I mean, you obviously love it every single time you come out saying, Oh, wow, I'm buzzing. I'm feeling great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the greatest feeling in the world. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So. I'm glad it worked for you. That's good. So why don't you do your connecting? And while you're connecting, I will remind people who are not yet subscribed to the LOA Today app to get the app. It is improving day by day. By the way, a little message. If you are an iPhone user and you are having any issues with playback on any of the podcast episodes, let me know. I'm trying to collect some data about that. Uh, it doesn't seem to be involved in any of the other platforms. It seems to be just iPhone. But uh, anybody who's having any issues, you know, use the app to send me a message and tell me what's, what you're experiencing because that's always very helpful. And uh, in a moment when uh, David's connected, we'll be able to uh, get started here. We are here. Yes, you can see it. All right. So welcome, Stream. Glad to have you here. Um Today we have uh, more questions than I thought we were going to have at the beginning of the podcast, but uh, the first one is a challenger. Um, anyone who has a- anything to do with law of attraction discussions has run into this kind of issue where people bring up like the darkest side, the most difficult side of understanding how source energy works, how the law works, how all this stuff works, particularly where any kind of victim situation comes in. And that's what this particular question is about. It's from Eliza. And Eliza says, what about sexual abuse of a child? As it relates to the law of attraction, how do I make sense of the fact that my daughter was sexually abused by her father? How do I understand this in the context of creating our own reality? I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around a child creating such an awful experience. Thank you. We will begin with... We understand your your human perspective on issues such as this. We, we understand it very well. You are all having a physical experience that you are perceiving, and you are perceiving it 
and for lack of better terminology in 3D, in, in your perceived reality. And you come to this planet with an intention as an inter- eternal soul consciousness being. You have an intention to come and have a unique human experience of contrast. Understanding from that eternal perspective that positive and negative are not viewed the same way in the energetic realm. That the things that occur to human beings are what you often refer to as contrast, meaning positive and negative. And you notice that you all have this vibrational flow up and down due to polarity. You all have days that you feel really good and positive, and you have days that you feel less than that. This vibrational flow of polarity is natural in any physical environment and is intended to create a mix of positive and negative experiences. These positive and negative experiences create the friction, if you will, that is needed for expansion because expansion comes in the form of evolution, solutions, solving, moving on from. So in your eternal consciousness state, you do not view anything as negative or wrong because everything in your physical human state that you view as negative or wrong actually exists to inspire expansion to inspire moving on from, to inspire new creation. So when you project into a set of circumstances, you do so via the law of attraction. You are an independent strand of soul consciousness seeking more and more sophisticated experiences with each of your visits to to a physical environment. We will slow this down a little bit because this is a lot to comprehend in in one interaction. But the eternal soul understands that a more sophisticated experience is going to be a higher contrast experience. So on your planet, of course, we are using planet Earth as the example because we are communicating with you here on planet Earth at this time the more sophisticated soul that is looking for the more sophisticated experience. And you are all on this journey of of ever more challenging experiences because of the level of expansion that is offered in the overcoming of obstacles. You receive significant expansion in moving through what is very often considered a difficult experience as a human being. And notice that many in these absorbing teachings such as ours, the the ones that that we will label you the forefront of thought on your planet that that are digging deeper and and, and looking for answers in a much deeper way. Even if you are not liking what you're hearing, you are here for answers. Very often, those of you that are participating in thoughts such as this have encountered things such as this, either yourselves or or, or, our close relations, loved ones, have encountered very difficult things. And that sets you off on a path that can set you off on a spiritual, a consciousness path. And and, and those of you that are on this path understand that you are viewing the world from a, a much more zoomed out perspective than perhaps most of the other people on your planet at this time. That contrast set you on this path to this place 
to, to, to discover answers to life's questions that are really not answered anywhere else. So a strand of consciousness chooses its point of entry, understanding the risk that is involved if, if, if that strand of consciousness manifests as a human and, and, and for instance, a, a, a teenage mother who is not ready for motherhood who chooses to abort the fetus or, or, or one who is not healthy enough to bring a baby to term and, and, and there's a potential there for a stillbirth or a miscarriage or one who projects into terminal illness or abusive parents. That vibration is already present. That strand of soul consciousness understands what they are placing themselves in the path of because they are seeking the contrast that they are going to experience in human form. Now, once that strand of consciousness goes through the birth processes and is, 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 is fully absorbing the surroundings, which actually begins before birth, but certainly increases in, 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 in volume after birth, they are absorbing everything around them all the time. This is how you learn to become a, to, to, to function as a human being. You are absorbing everything that's around you. The reason human beings find infants so adorable and appealing is because that is a natural universal process of that infant drawing multiple other human beings around to learn from. That's why you find infants so adorable. And in that infant's learning, they are learning a mix because there's contrast on all topics. They are learning happiness. They're learning joy. They are learning what it's like to be hungry. And they are learning very much what it's like to be fearful. Notice that the, the, the period of fearfulness most children go through between ages of three and five. They learn fear. And you attract what you vibrate, not what you want or desire or deserve. And, and it certainly has nothing to do with what you were were we're paying for from a past existence or anything of that nature. This guarantees that being manifesting in physical is going to have a unique one-off human experience. And that human experience is going to offer contrast in the overcoming of the obstacles and the finding a path to freedom and joy through the obstacles is that soul's expansion. So you come here for the things that you very often view as unwanted. And we understand that it's, it's, it's very difficult for you to wrap your mind around an act such as that. But we also wish to caution you that your society hanging the victim label on that child does more damage to that child's physical existence and experience than simply allowing the child to move through their life experiences and think of them from a higher perspective and, and come to think of that from a higher perspective. But hanging that victim label, if that being chooses to absorb that victim label and, and, and buy into that idea, that being is then in a state or a path of attracting more things of like nature throughout their lifetime. But that does not have to be. Your society's reaction to things very often does more damage than the actual event itself. There are certainly other species on your planet that have things of this nature that occur and they're not as damaging. And, and, and the ones around it are, are able to make sense of it and move through it in a different way. But your minds are more sophisticated. So you're, you're able to create the scenario where this being is forever damaged by something that happens. And, and that negative energy is, is, is revisited again and again and again on that topic.
regarding the one who is the victim and the one who is the transgressor. But there is a path to moving through that, releasing that energy and having that, that being actually expand from anything that has happened in a human lifetime. And, and you do see examples of this on your planet. But understanding it from a zoomed out perspective is something that you're not going to suddenly do because we share these words with you. This is something that is a personal journey of self-discovery that will, for the one who is asking the question, actually create an expansive experience in and of itself of trying to make sense of and ultimately make peace with what occurred. That idea of a victim being more harmed by being called a victim that in and of itself is a very challenging concept all by itself. Put aside all the rest of the stuff. That alone is challenging because when we think of the word victim, we think of somebody who had something terrible happen and done to them. And that conception of somebody is a conception of pity and of tremendously unhappy empathy. And a feeling of how could this be? One of the words that people often associate with victims of the kind we're talking about here is innocent. Mm. Humans think of children as innocents. They are innocent beings. How could, how could an innocent being have these horrible things done to them and have attracted it. That is, it's seemingly impossible. There is no way an innocent being could do that. I had a discussion myself recently on Facebook with somebody who was essentially arguing, not just in this realm, in the realm of children and abuse and all that kind of stuff, but he was talking about uh, the world wars and how, uh, you know, saying that the law of attraction and that vibration was involved in all of it, that basically it caused all those wars in his view is absurd because in his view, there are so many causes. There are, you know, there are treaties that were created leading up to world war one. There was the assassination of the archduke. There was all these various things happen and attributing all that. And all to those vibration. various things happen because of the vibration or they would have not happened. Mm. Well, I agree with you personally. I'm, I'm making the argument that is often made and the argument that, that they're making is saying that that's all vibration is just, it, it's like a bridge too far for so many people. And so I guess what I want you to do is I want to address that. We have been accused uh, of uh, of the quote victim blaming and and, and we are not blaming anyone in this scenario. We are actually returning you to neutral where it is not about fault. It is not about cause. It is not about who did what it it, it is an event that transpired that, that has occurred that you cannot change. What you can deal with is where you go from here and making sense of it and ultimately making peace with it is a healing process for everyone that's involved. And and, and we very often use the example of, of the mother that was in David's coaching program, whose son was brutally murdered in front of her home mm-hmm. and she suffered for five long years and, and waited for the murderer to be extradited back to, to the state where it occurred for five years. Mm-hmm. And during that five-year period, she was constantly being poked and prodded as the victim's mother, a victim herself. Right. 
And she was in such turmoil that she knew she had to release that victim energy to move on and find joy again in her life. And when she came to David, understanding our teachings and what we offer, David asked her, are you ready to, to, to forgive your son for what happened to him mm. and forgive his murderer? Those are two really tough and challenging questions, but they're right at the core, aren't they? They were. And she said yes. And he knew she was ready. And she had a miraculous transformation in the process. Mm. One to where she, and when we use the term forgive her son, obviously her son was the, the quote unquote victim in this. She has come to understand that that was that strand of consciousness. That's her, was her son's personal journey was to go through that experience on planet earth. And her journey was part of her journey was to be the mother of, of, of a murdered son at the age of 23. And she made peace with, with all of that. And when she did, she had more access to him and his now state than she ever did for the five years prior to that. Mm -hmm. Because the more you are, you are mourning and, and, and despising and focusing on what happened, the more your vibration is going to be low. When someone returns to their completed state, the transition period that they are now existing as a strand of consciousness and pure positive energy. So when you're down in low vibration, you do not have access to them. And he mm -hmm. is not in a state of judging what happened to him. <laughs> so therefore, her key to reconnecting with her son on a regular basis was to raise her vibration and keep it so high that she had access to him regularly. And she found that to be true. And the making peace with the murderer came into play because right after she graduated from the boot camp program, miraculously, he was extradited back to Washington State, where she had to meet him face-to-face -face in court for the very first time. And that was a very different experience for her post-Taya boot camp than that would have been had she never taken the program. She would have been in that victim zone, that hating the murderer zone. Of course, this was not a joyous experience for her, but it was no. a very different experience of empowerment and being able to meet him face to face in court because he is not remorseful for what he did. Mm. He, he believes that, that his act was an act by God. Mm. So he has no remorse for it whatsoever. So she even had to make peace with that. And she did. Mm. We use these extreme examples to demonstrate when someone is in the throw of grief and they're learning about the law of attraction and this idea that someone attracts their own abuse or their own murder is very often misunderstood. The, 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 the fact of the matter is you are all vibrating up and down. And even as children, you can go into low vibration. In fact, you do. And you can latch on to, to lower vibrational thoughts that are fear-based thoughts. They may not be sexual in nature in, in, in this instance, but they are the vibration of being harmed. And, and small children are going through this adjustment period where human life is very scary. They are seeing monsters. They, they, they are sort of morphing between the energetic realm, coming to, to use their tools of, of speech and things of this nature, and very often describing seeing things that are very frightened, frightening, or being frightened by things that, that no one else can see. That is because they are making sense of an energetic realm that they are adjusting to. And in all of that adjustment, there is fear in that vibration, and the fear in that vibration can attract unwanted physical things. And it is part of physical existence. 
and, and part of the child's experience that the child absolutely can evolve from and even grow from. This experience can actually create a trajectory for that child to go much deeper with their thought process of making sense of humanity and certainly much deeper in their thoughtfulness toward others. And ultimately, the best case scenario from your perspective would be to come to, to come to understand and make peace with what happened, not feel like a victim and not keep that vibration active within them. So they will be a much stronger adult and, and, and even preteen moving forward through the teen years will have the tools to not attract things of that nature again. If you were the mother of this daughter who was abused and the daughter at some point, which is an important point to reach therapeutically speaking, uh, the daughter reaches the point where the, for whatever reason she needs to break through, to reach a new level of understanding, to deal, to, to heal, to, to do something to shift from where she's at. If you were the mother, what would you say to the daughter? Depending on the level of recollection and, and in the example, assuming there is some recollection and not full recollection of it, that this was something that occurred that society absolutely labels as something that is, is wrong and bad and evil. But the wrong and the bad and the evil had nothing to do with you. This was an experience that you had. It's something that, that you went through and you were okay now and you don't have to worry about it anymore. You don't have to look back upon it as something that was evil and awful and terrible. You can simply say to yourself that it was an experience that you had and it need never happen again nor anything like that ever happen again. You are safe. You are protected. You are as powerful as your thoughts. And if you believe that you are safe and protected from here on out, you will be safe and protected from here on out. The belief function of that is very, very important because if you are stuck in the what if, and did I not believe that before? That is something that the being needs to make peace with. So what we would say to the child is make peace with what occurred. Understand that it was something that is, is something that you may at a later date want to go back and revisit to make more sense of. But the important thing moving forward is to make peace with what happened and feel safe and feel empowered to control your own reality in a, in a more deliberate way. So we are going to focus on positive things. We are going to focus on being safe. We are going to focus on loving ourselves. Very important. We are going to focus on all of the good things that we have in our lives. We are going to focus on the things that we like and not really pay attention to the things that we don't like. Mm -hmm. Depending on the child's age, th that type of discussion is, 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 is what is really needed there so that that vibration is released. And eventually, especially since it was apparent, forgiveness to the point of appreciation is, is the next flow, but that will take time and emotional maturity to rework through all of that. The, the, the idea of bringing the topic up again and again and again is not necessarily needed. The, the, I, I believe that the, 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 the child will be the one that will dictate where you go next. Okay. Daniel, you've been sitting very quietly and pensively over there. I didn't know if you had anything you wanted to add to it before we move on to the next question. I mean, this is something that I've actually, um, I had a, a perspective on. It was asked of me in an event I did a couple years ago, actually. Um, my 
viewpoint is a step before I think what the streamer shared, which is if we look at it from another perspective, we are not in the consciousness of the child. We're observing it. So actually what's happening is we're seeing to some extent a reflection of what's happening within us through the viewpoint of the story that we're witnessing of a child being abused, someone being murdered, because we're not the point of observation from the inside. We have the point of observation from the outside. So if you take it at hologram theory, which I think steps, like I said, be before the whole zoom out and see from the higher perspective, we can only look at it fully from our perspective. So instead of trying to understand why is that child suffering, it's understanding what within me is reflecting back in the witnessing of a child suffering. And then taking that step into the zoom out, I found to be very, very product powerful in me being able to, for want of a better phrase, handle some of the ugliness that we see in the world. Yeah, because there's plenty of opportunity for that ugliness. So it's mm -hmm. good to have a way to, to deal with it, to handle yeah. it. And, mm -hmm. and I, I hesitate to use this word because I don't have a better one on hand, but to compartmentalize it, to basically put it in a place where it is manageable rather than in a place where it dominates us. I personally don't find anything wrong with compartmentalizing if we're compartmentalizing so that we can be resourced to handle it versus compartmentalizing so we can suppress it and not deal with it. Precisely, yeah. If I'm putting something in a bite-sizable portion so that I can eat it, it's very different to hiding it in a sack under the bed until it rots and smells. There's a, there's a difference between the two, I find. We, we like to provide the example of you, you, you often see images of, of children who are very poor in impoverished environments, and they are just happy. They are playing, they are laughing. And the viewer perhaps is viewing this in pity from their perspective of their vibration and their life experience. Hmm. But the child in the experience and even the child can, can grow into an adult in an experience like that. And they are, they are experiencing it in their own vibration. Hmm. So the, 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 the removing of yourself from your own vibration and understanding that you all adjust to the, to the reality that you create for yourselves. Hmm. And the, the most disruptive thing is for someone else to, to, to intervene and try to pull someone who is in a different vibration into their own vibration due to their judgment of the other's vibration. Mm. This is, this is the, the trying to save one from themselves mentality and, and notice that it does not work very well. <laughs> and, and this is true regardless of the age of the being. And, 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 and we will reiterate that the, the hanging of the label of the victim and the monster and all of these things in the transgressor does more damage than the event itself. The, 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 the child's adjustment to life after the, the, the discovery of the event will dictate what, what is needed next for the child. But the child is always coming at it from their perspective. They, they experienced it from their, their, perspective of innocence, not necessarily even understanding what was happening. Mm -hmm. the, the idea of it being wrong and awful and evil may very well be something that is introduced at a later time that will be more challenging for that being to move through than the actual events themselves. Mm -hmm. and, and, and being betrayed by a parent is, is, is a very difficult 
path. And, and, and David had that experience as a child and, and, and being abused by other adults around him and came to understand that all of that muck that he dredged, dredged through as a, as a child brought him to the place full circle of being able to share our message the way that he does today. So now he is able to stand in full appreciation of it. But for the time period where he was not in appreciation of it and he was feeling like a victim and he was feeling like it was, these things were happened to him and there was no co-creative sensibility to it whatsoever. It was a very unhappy time for him. The, the, the claiming ownership of is a very, very empowering thing. And, And this is something that you're not going to lead a child to do but allow the space for them to do that themselves when, the, when they are ready. I, I just personally find that we all have our stories, which come from our own experiences. And when we come to these very potentially heavy topics through the lens of our experiences, we do often paint other people's experiences through our lenses. And that's not speaking to the collective agreements of morality that we all most of us subscribe to but at a higher level we just don't know what's going on and the zoom out i'd say from this level of consciousness there are limits to the zoom out that we can make and we do get flashes of it but as the stream said when you do zoom out these fleeting moments as painful as they may may be within them are fleeting and that's very heavy for us to to say especially if we haven't personally experienced some of the things that we're 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 talking about and even if we haven't transcended them or haven't suppressed them but it is very very fleeting very very fleeting and it's easy to get so caught up in that fleeting moment that we lose perspective in the rest of the moments that are available to us to be beautiful or even the beauty that can come from the ugliness of those fleeting moments it's where when you describe it as fleeting, that's where what the stream was just saying about how there is a, a special agony in continuing to revisit over and over mm-hmm. and over and over again. You, you, we can more easily appreciate just how much we torture ourselves. And, and it's not just people who have been you know, severely abused, like in the case of this woman's daughter. It's all the usual stuff that we put up with the little traumas that we continually abuse ourselves with over and over again by playing them back in our heads and replaying them and replaying them and replaying them. Mm-hmm. So finding a way to come to peace with it is it's especially for an extreme event, it's a necessity. And that's where I really appreciate what you were saying stream when you were talking about creating space for the child to come to that realization of empowerment on their own. That, that space is huge. And I, I have this very, very strong, belief and knowledge that when we create that space and leave children to whatever it is that they are needing to do, it may not be somebody who's going through something as severe as this. It could be just simple everyday learning to grow up in this world. When we leave that space open, children have that built-in connection that the rest of us have. They can intuitively lead themselves to the place they need to be to. The biggest difficulties they run into are when the big people get in their way and say, no, 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 you should be going this way. Mm. And that's when the repetitive patterns start to kick in over and over and over again. Not by intention, not because the parents or the adults or the teachers wanted to create 
negative patterns, but just because they did it unintentionally just by interfering. Whereas if they had just let the child do what the child needed to do, the child probably would have gotten there a whole lot more efficiently. The, 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 the moral to the, the conversation, if you will, is, is that you are in a, a physical environment of contrast and, and you will always be in physical in, in contrast in varying degrees. And when you begin viewing the negative aspects of your life as opportunities for expansion and then move on to zooming out and viewing the negative aspects of your world as opportunities for expansion. And this only works if you truly see yourselves as eternal beings that you are and, and come to understand that, that every being is playing a role. Every being is a little cog in the gear that, that, that creates your environment that also creates the universe. And it all serves a purpose. And we are not judging any of it because from our perspective, we see how the negative aspects are perceived by you in your bubbles of reality as, as, as awful and terrible and monumental. But we see you as the eternal beings that you are living endless existences simultaneously and to, to place it in linear terms, earthly terms, your lives here on planet earth are a brief weekend trip. <laughs> you, there is not that much pressure because you come and you go and you come and you go and you come and you go and, and, and you do this in, into infinity. And when you are in that, that completed state, the state where, where you truly are, and have that full awareness, not physically focused, you understand that these, these infinite lifetimes, you, you all have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And there's no right or wrong way to, to go about doing that. And there's no right or wrong way to behave in physical. And there's no right or wrong way to, to, to live your contrast. The, the, the one that comes and is born into privilege and chooses a life of, of addiction and, and dies before age of 30 in, in, in a very unsavory way, had a unique human experience that created expansion for that being in that experience. The one who comes and, and decides to, to be bitter and angry and turn all of that inward and then ultimately turn it outward and, and, and go and shoot up a building full of people had a unique human experience. And will return to their completed state and see that they expanded even in the getting it that wrong from a human perspective. That act and that attitude serves a purpose in your environment that you do not readily understand. And where we want to challenge all of you that are listening to, to our teachings is to allow yourselves to continue to go deeper in thought until you come to the place where you fully comprehend that which you label good and evil and fully comprehend contrast and fully comprehend the purpose of unwanted in a physical environment. That takes some work and that takes some zooming out. But as our promise to you, if you are looking for enlightenment on earth, this is the closest that you're going to get to enlightenment on earth is zooming out to our perspective while you are still in physical, while you are still here in the lifetime that you are perceiving right now. And when you get to that zoomed out space, 
of being able to view your world from the highest perspective, which you all have available to you. This is part of all of you. You are viewing your life and your world very differently, and you become very much at peace with everything that's happening in your personal lives and everything that's happening in your world. And you learn to live a joyous existence in the contrast. And when you do that, you are having a true awakening experience. That the closest you're going to be to being awake and enlightened in human form. That it is indescribable what that level of awareness is like until you've achieved it. And we are here to promise you that it is available to all of you. And those of you that are watching right now and hearing our words and, and, and thinking that you could never reach that, that you could never reach a point of appreciation of something so heinous. We want to challenge you to continue to do your work, to zoom out, to see it from that perspective. This is not meaning that those acts are suddenly going to be good. They are there to inspire new new creation in, in the form of solutions, in the form of getting over, in the form of zooming out and, and making sense of, in the form of even finding appreciation for. But every tragic event on your planet eventually humanity finds some form of appreciation for. As time and, and, and distance is, is, is experienced, you find greater understanding of, of, of events and appreciation for events and the shifts that it made on your planet and things that were changed as a result of something that was considered perhaps horrific at the time. But eventually it comes to light. And, and, and there are certainly some things in your recorded history that you have not reached there yet, but you will. Because positive is always more powerful than negative. Negative, from your perspective of negative, only exists to inspire new positive. And there is nothing that is happening to any of you that is going to end that which you are. You are eternal beings here having a very temporary human experience. And any abuse, any neglect, any illness, and even an untimely death does not end the wholeness of you. Did I say this was going to be a show with few questions? We just spent 40 minutes on question number one. This could be a long show at this rate. But we'll go around to the next question, which comes from Chuck, who's uh, has sent in a number of different uh, questions in the past and has very much enjoyed the answers that he's received. He says, I would like to know what is the stream's definition on what scientists refer to as dark matter in our universe? We know it's there, but scientifically, we don't really know what it is. I'm asking because I feel that maybe it's soul or spirit energy, and that's why science has not yet evolved enough to be able to quantify it. So what do you think, Stream? The, the science of humanity is an ever-evolving attempt to, to understand that which we are. And the, the, there, there is a density that there are no human words yet for us to describe exactly what that is, but there are varying densities of space. And this polarity that we speak of, this energy that, that keeps everything flowing is ever flowing and ever moving. And, but there are places in space that you have explored that you do not yet understand. And there are, there are other physical realities occurring that are not in some far off space. The, the, you look at your night sky and you see the, the, the blanket of stars when you're, when you are in a place where you're able to see such and understand that absolutely there, there are endless other worlds, but there are other physical environments that you are in the midst of that are 
what you would call here in your solar system, your planet is part of it. It is well beyond your comprehension. But the best that we can do with David's words to explain is think of particles that you are not even aware of that are worlds within themselves and think of your planet as a particle in another world that that world is not even aware of. Well, that gives Chuck something to think about for sure. <laughs> Daniel's throwing his hands in the air. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> okay, well, let's start with that as a foundation, move on to, to Russ's question from the live stream because he's kind of along the same lines here. And uh, he was a little bit more uh, verbose, so I'm just going to read through what he says. He says, I am fascinated with what quantum physics has done to challenge the preconceived notions of traditional science and how it relates to reality, time, and space. We know that thoughts create things. We know that thoughts hold more often and are continually or continually speed up the process of manifestation. We know that the thought can be primarily plus or minus and will be manifested in some form. We know that the back and forth struggle of plus and minus relative to the thought if held in continual conflict, will slow the manifestation. Am I correct so far? The 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 plus and minus and in and, and flow is created to deliver this contrasting experience that that, that we speak of. Mm -hmm. the, the 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 rays of vibration and, and being in high vibration in in, in this example of, as a human being having having your life experience. When you are in high vibrational territory, you are able to, you are in positive creation territory. You are up there believing and crafting your dreams and, and bringing them to reality. Inevitably, polarity is going to draw you down. Polarity draws you down so that you're not just creating things that you want all the time because as, as creative beings, and in this case, human beings, but all beings operate this way on various levels, if you are up in high vibration all the time, just creating all the things that you want, you would have long ago created all the things that you wanted. You would not want for anything else. And that would be the end of creation. And the end of creation would be the end of expansion. The end of expansion would be the end of your universe. And the end of the universe multiplied would be the, the end of that which we are. So the, the inevitable lowering of vibration exists absolutely to hinder the creation of every single thing that you desire and also slow those things so that you can have the time to create a more perfect version of. Meaning we will use the example of creating a business and, and most of you have, have read stories of some of your most successful businesses that a business is launched and created with an intent to do a certain thing, and then the vibration drops, the money runs out, something happens, the product doesn't work, and many of the businesses stop at that point. Some of the businesses, however, do not. They forge ahead. They, they pivot, they change, they reiterate, and they create something even bigger and better than what they originally set out to do. David uses the example that Amazon absolutely started out to be a bookstore. Mm. And, 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 and understanding that there was only so much business to be had as an online bookstore at that time moved into other things. 
and moving into other things created something vastly different than that. True. But the contrast, the negative, the negative realizations in that business allowed that business to morph into something much greater. This is true for your personal creations, especially when you would consider the stakes are high. The stakes are only high because you make them high. But when you are wanting from your higher consciousness perspective to create a more perfect version of, take your relationships, for example. If you are wanting to create a strong romantic relationship, you are going to start out on a very high note. And then the vibration is going to drop. And what happens when the vibration drops? Problems are encountered. What occurs as the problems are encountered? Is that the end of the relationship? Or are the problems weathered and the relationship made stronger as a result of the lower vibrational activities? And then you bounce even higher than before. This is true on every single topic. And when the stakes are high, even more so. So you have this vibrational flow that not only keeps you from creating every single thing that you want and running out of things to desire because you no longer have any problems because you haven't manifested any from lower vibration. So the perfection of it is, is, is that and the fact that it allows the more perfect creation of the things that you deem most important because you're going to vibe up and down on all of these topics. Mm. That is why there are certain things that you can indeed manifest instantaneously, but the the things that you consider more important, notice that they take a little more time. Now, very often the time is your own vibrational flow up and down the spiral, but if you stay with it, eventually you're going to manifest the thing that you want because you will just grow weary of doubting it. Or you'll move off the topic altogether and let it go and something that was already waiting for you in, 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 in the vibrational realm of creation still exists. We, we, we use the term very often that when you dream a dream, that dream is created in, in the energetic realm. And the, the energetic creation of it is far more important than the physical creation of it and in, in the perfection of it. So that still exists. And if you create it and it exists and you let go of it and move on, someone else is going to meet that dream. One of David's favorite sayings is, is, is that, that someone is going to create your dream. It might as well be you. <laughs> that is very true. That, that exists. It is created. It is there. And if you move on from the topic, eventually someone else is going to meet that vibration and create something exact or of like nature and create your dream. And, and, and there are endless examples of people who give up on their dreams yes. only to have them realized by somebody else. Yes. And the only difference is, is what did you do when you went down in vibration? Did you do some work to bring yourself back up? Did you, did you, did you move on to another day or did you give up? Did you decide that it was impossible? Did you decide that your, your manifestational abilities were somehow broken? They're never broken. You, you are all manifesting all the time. The law of attraction is the same as gravity. There is no difference. The only difference in law of attraction is, is are you in alignment with the things that you desire as much as you're in alignment with sticking to the earth? I'm reminded of your choice. In your answer, I'm reminded of uh, the what used to be uh, the uh, motto of the Seabees in the military, the Seabees, the construction brigade that went and set up uh, facilities for the military in their various activities. Their uh, motto was, the difficult we do immediately, the impossible takes a little bit longer. And that's pretty much what you were just describing, that... You know, it just depends on what your mindset is going into it. If your mindset is 
you're going to see it through to the end, then you will get there. If your mindset is, oh, maybe I'm going to give up easily, then you're probably not going to get there. Someone else will instead. And that someone else will, that one resonates with me in a big way. So thanks for bringing that up. If you have a dream, commit to it and understand that, that you will eventually get there. And when you get there, even if it takes far longer than you ever intended, you will look back and reflect on that creation period is a very satisfying period of, of your life. Even if you were having to let go of other things that you enjoy in the creative process, that whole creative process of high and low vibration, again, exists to create a more perfect version of. It, it, it is a gift from the universe, if you will. So returning to Russ's questions, he, he actually had two more questions that I think I can combine into one, but I'll, I'll read them both. So bear with me, stream while I read both questions. So he says, uh, going back to his uh, discussion earlier about the plus and minus and how it slows manifestation and so forth, he says, can you confirm my hypothesis that thought and manifested reality is in essence a form of quantum entanglement, whereas the thought and realities are entangled? He says they are instantaneously reactive and therefore must either exist on this or another plane of existence or dimension. And once manifested to our reality, well, it is pre presented into our current reality, right? The, the, every thought is, is, is broadcast. And when a thought is broadcast, there is a version of that thought that is forever in the energetic realm. The, the energetic realm does not fill up with thoughts and become full and, and, and purge that thought is forever. So eventually when something is dreamed up, some iteration or version of will come to be somehow. Are you realizing it in your lifetime, in your physical being or not? You're aligning with it. You're allowing of it. We understand that the, these are popular terms. It, it makes all of the difference whether you are the one physically experiencing your dream or if it's living on in the energetic realm that will eventually be captured in some iteration of and physical by someone else. So all thoughts eventually become some form of, of creation. And this, this, this mix of positive and negative and everything in between is absolutely a strand of soul consciousness's intention when manifesting into physical to have this, this flow and this mix of positive and negative experiences. Not one of you come here for an easy ride. And notice the ones that come for an easy ride very often disrupt that easy ride themselves. That's true. Yeah. Well, very good. Uh, this has been uh, very in-depth, particularly the first question. That took quite a bit of time to go through, and it was well worth it. Uh, you gave some really useful information, so thank you very much, Stream. We will invite you and David to uh, do your separating. And while you're doing that, we're going to, first of all, thank Russ in the live stream for the for the questions he asked, because that really filled things out a lot. Thank you very much, Russ, for joining us. And hi, Jeffrey. I did, didn't mean to ignore you, Jeffrey. I did see you there, uh, but uh, didn't really uh, get the opportunity to say that. So I, I like what you did say earlier regarding a comment we said earlier. You said, I think there will always be a need for aftercare. I think aftercare is kind of what the human experience is all about. So, yeah, agree with you there. And David, you're, you're reemerged. You're buzzing, I'm sure, because you're always buzzing. <laughs> reemerged. You're reemerged. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, that was, I had a little bit of awareness of that. So that was heavy. You? Yeah. That was, that was heavy. But I, I think that, um, you know, th those questions 
cannot be answered in a sitting. You know, that's more, this is the stuff that we dive into, especially my mastery group. You know, we, we did, we just did a whole podcast uh, that I'm going to get out this week. That's I'm not even putting it on my radio show because I think it's too controversial, but it was on adrenochrome, mm. which, you know, adrenochrome is, is allegedly harvested by torturing and murdering children. So you can just imagine what that podcast is going to be about. Yeah. That, that's a fun one. Yeah. 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 No, it was a very heavy one uh, to, to dive into. And I didn't, I don't think I channeled in that one at all. Uh, it was all human perspective uh, discussion around it, but certainly we pulled in a lot of stream teachings around that stuff. And, you know, how much of this is real, how much of this is conspiracy theory, you know, it, it's very easy these days with people needing to control and, and people having a lot of downtime and all of these things that are bubbling up. And when we question as a collective consciousness, things do bubble up and present themselves for detuning. And detuning is our way uh, from a very high vibrational perspective of dealing with things mm. by not bypassing it, by not ignoring it, by finding appreciation for. And some of these things are very hard to find appreciation for. But if you really zoom out to that stream perspective, I feel their perspective of non-judgment. And I do feel their perspective of understanding everything that happens in our world from that perspective. That doesn't mean, though, that if I'm flipping through the news that I don't see things that are very disturbing that I never want to see again happening. I can, I can handle seeing it and hearing about it. When I say never want to see again, I don't want it to happen again. I understand that very, very well. But from their perspective, I understand also that all physical environments are environments of, of contrast, mm -hmm. different levels. And humanity, you know, we're in this phase of we've gone through a very long period of being rather cruel to one another. And it doesn't always have to be that way. There'll always be contrast, but it doesn't have to be that contrast. That is something we can solve. No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, I, I don't think you've uh, met him yet, but uh, one of my former co-hosts who comes back periodically to fill in whenever he has a open time slot that aligns perfectly with a co-host not being available to do the time slot. His name is Joel Elston. And uh, I talk about Joel frequently because he's one of my favorite people in the world. Joel went through some horrors in his young life and emerged from them on the other side that teaching a message that he has taught now for some 25 years, largely he has been teaching them to uh, people who, boys mainly, who were in the, the foster care system. He has personally helped to place, I think, close to 40 uh, boys and young men in forever homes. And they were, in almost every case, boys that the system had given up on because they were considered unplaceable. And he was able to do it because of his own experiences. He himself, he grew up um, with uh, his own little challenges with his, his own family, but he created his own challenges because he ended up stealing from his father's business. He developed a an addiction to um, gambling. He ended up uh, going to prison for what he had done. He, he, he just, he went through one, you know, terrible step after another. He, he was homeless for a period of time, eating dinner out of a garbage can. I mean, just all these things he went through and he comes out at the end saying, I don't want to live any of them again, but I wouldn't trade them for anything. I wouldn't trade them for anything. They are in my words, not his words. They are the springboard of, of his life. 
They, yeah. they were the springboard from which his life turned into something beyond anything he could have possibly imagined at that. And point. that's, that's what all of that is really designed to do. And there's no right or wrong in how we react to it. But, uh, you know, at, at our best, we are using the negative aspects of our life. And, and he manifested quite a bit, it, it sounds like. And, and now he's doing something fantastic with it. And I, I say the same thing. You know, I had a father that disappeared when I was six. I had a mother who was definitely mentally unstable. You know, I think I've told the story on here before. She told me, she told me to kill myself at one point. Yeah. And never spoke to me again, uh, you know, for the rest of her life after I told her I was gay. Uh, I, I had to go through a lot to deal with all of that. But, man, when I found appreciation for them, like, wow, you know, I am who I am today. I am the strong, independent person who really breaks all the rules in life and, and comes out, you know, in, in a really good side of it because of that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have changed. I wouldn't have changed and gone back to the, the beaver cleaver, you know, version of parents at all. I'm very happy that I grew up around hookers and drug dealers and a crazy mother <laughs> and an absent father and, you know, no money and, and all that stuff growing up because it made me who I am. Absolutely. So I, I hope that, you know, everybody who's got darkness in their past, if you want to label it as that, can can make peace with those transgressors because that is so life changing. That's a big cornerstone of what I teach. And I'll tell you, most people in my program are detuning parents. Mm. That's a very common thread of even somewhat well-intending parents create obstacles for us just by generational differences right off the bat. Sure. Yeah. Uh, And people are detuning parents and parents are very often the roots that create the branch transgressors that flow through our lives and create all of our limiting beliefs. And the the most fascinating and, in some ways, agonizing aspect of that is that in most cases, not all, in most cases, they're doing it from a place of love. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said well-intended parents, you know, the, the people, not everybody had the parents that I had and a, lo- a lot of people did. Now I do have people that were severely abused and, and treated mm-hmm. horribly by parents. And it's not always parents every single time, but that seems to be a common threat. And if you're a yeah. parent, uh, you know, this isn't about parent bashing, uh, right. You can go back and listen to my podcast on the stream of David. Uh, there's two of them. One was called Your Parents Were Supposed to Screw You Up. And then, <laughs> what a title. <laughs> oh, it's one of the most popular podcasts I did. It's been out since 2018, but your parents were supposed to screw you up. And then we follow that up with raising perfectly imperfect children, meaning mm-hmm. there are generational differences. That creates contrast right off the bat. And the stream has said your parents, your biological parents, only owe you a point of entry to planet earth. And that's it. Everything else from there is contrast. Everything else is contrast. And when you think of it like that, it's like, Oh wow. Yeah. Well, okay. I got what they owed me. I got my contrast. (laughs) Now there are, to be perfectly fair, there are people who will argue, well, the parents actually um, had more of a responsibility than that. They had the responsibility to feed, to clothe, to provide shelter, all that kind of stuff. So it was more than just the point of entry. Yeah, well, they're just saying that your parents, because I have people also who were abandoned as infants. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a couple. And that's where that thought train came from is, okay, they gave birth and everything else is your experience of contrast. Even if you're left on a doorstep or something somewhere, don't worry. You know, that's not for you to really worry about. That was your experience that your soul was seeking because whatever the outcome is of conception that there's a strand of consciousness in conception. And yes. we all know that some children are, you know, conceived and miscarried, aborted, stillborn, everything else. There is a strand of consciousness manifesting that's there for the experience. Mm. 
And there's, there is value in all of it that is not for us to judge from our human perspective, because we're looking at all of it from our human perspective. This is good. This is evil. This is how you're supposed to live life. And a lot of it is just what we're told in our society is right and wrong. We're supposed to, you know, live a certain way and we're supposed to live a certain number of years and, and that's supposed to be a life experience, but you know, who says really? I I have a phrase that I use sarcastically and semi-humorously, but it's also a phrase that is meaningful to me because it's a way of reminding myself that I don't really necessarily know what other people are thinking, what other people are believing, what other people are experiencing. But the phrase is, oh, I did it to myself again. And when I think of, of life that way, I realize, well, I have plenty to deal with on my plate. I don't have to worry about anybody else's stuff. And the less that I spend trying to figure out their stuff, the better off I am because I got plenty to figure out. So, you know, the idea of staying in your own lane is actually pretty worthwhile. Oh, yeah. 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 And, you know, the, the other thing I want to bring up about parents, too, before we end is the, the, the idea that they are responsible for a lot. And mm-hmm. that's why we did that raising perfectly and perfect, you know, parents, children, because it's sort of like you're going to screw your kids up no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> Do the best you can. They are here for the contrast. You're probably going to deliver some of it to them and it's fine. You know, at your best, hopefully they don't grow up disliking you or writing books about you. Like I <laughs> <But> <laughs> Try to avoid the mommy dearest diaries. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I have to say I did, I did address the fact that my mother had a great work ethic. Mm-hmm. She always paid the bills. Uh, mm-hmm. We never had the lights turned off. There were times we ate cans of beans for dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were things that she did that was right, but the you know unconditional love part wasn't there. And that yeah. was the part that hurt for a long time. And now I have complete appreciation for who she was when she mm-hmm. was alive and how she was. And when I found that point of appreciation, that's when I started dreaming about her and experiencing her in a way that I never experienced her in life, which is a lot more pleasant. Well, David, this has been, as usual, very enlightening and uh, very inspiring, too, in its uh, dark way. I mean, it was a kind of a dark episode in many ways. But uh, thank you once again for sharing the time. Daniel had to skip off. He had an appointment he had to do. But uh, yeah, I was going to say, I wasn't aware of his departure, and it's a little confusing when I come back. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was aware of some of that. I, I think when there was a point where you were you were wanting the stream to sort of address the child. Mm-hmm. And I came into awareness. I think they sort of stepped back for that, and I'm addressing uh, it. Uh, it was it was an interesting experience because it was like I needed to co-create that. Oh, okay. Moment. Very good. Well, because it's from a human perspective, you know, the yeah. stream the stream's not going to look at a child and say, "Hey, you're an eternal being, get over it." You know, <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to do that because they do. There is an understanding, obviously, of how we think and how we are and how we judge things even though they don't hold the same opinion, right. I know they understand it. I feel nothing from them but pure love. Mm-hmm. And getting their message out is sometimes difficult because from what we've been taught pure love is supposed to be, it's not always congruent with that because it's real. But I can reconcile the stream's take on that more than I could ever reconcile religion where you've got an all-powerful God controlling everything and yet still not stopping the things that we view as evil in the world from happening. I couldn't wrap my head around that being raised in organized religion. Mm. And then when the stream swooped in, I get it it, from them. I just understand it. And I hope that we're able to communicate that through my channeling, how they feel. It's not that they don't care and they don't love and they don't know that we struggle, 
they see it from a higher perspective because once we're in our completed state, we see everything the way, um, what did you say is it? Joel sees, you know, his darkness in his life. Right. But great appreciation. And in Taya, I guide everybody to find appreciation for the worst parts of their life because it's so empowering. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So good stuff. Um, Jeffrey, I saw your question there. We, we're about 15 minutes over time. So I think I'll save that one for next Tuesday, but I will bring it up next Tuesday. David, thank you once again for a wonderful Tuesday. We appreciate Always good to be here. Great. Always great, deep questions. And I love that. I get a good stream workout every time I come. A good stream workout. All right. We worked your muscles today. <laughs> yeah. It's the only gym I can go to in California right now. So yeah. That's true. Yes. <laughs> So very good. So thank you very much. Especially thank you to those who sent in questions. If you have a question you want to include uh, for the stream to ask, make sure, or to answer rather, make sure that you use the LOA Today app because we have built in a question form exactly for that, to send in a question for the stream or for reader or for any of the other uh, co-hosts here on the show. So take advantage and send that question in so we can include you next week. So thank you, David. Thank you, live streamers. Thank you, podcast listeners. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>